All information given in this episode is for educational purposes and should not be tried prior to consulting a licensed physician and or certified state or accrediting bodies. We encourage all listeners to research, talk, and make all inquiries to all of the important professionals and governing bodies before acting on any information heard on the Day Love It podcast. Any action taken by any listener is done by and under their own omission and action, whether conscious to the results, positive or not. Salutations and proclamations. It is I, it is you, it is us, it is we. Together, we make up the digital family that is the Daylight Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Philly's number one son, aka the Body Alchemist, Sun Moon Bay, bringing you another podcast excursion. Welcome, one, welcome all to the 360 degrees of holistic fitness and health that is the Daylight Fit Podcast. It is Friday, August the 2nd, and we have a great show for you. I want to introduce, I should say, talk a little bit about our guest who is going to be talking and continuing the conversation about mindfulness. Everybody knows about why I'm so keen, why it's so important that we continue to have this conversation and start to understand what mindfulness is and what it means to us as individuals as well as to human society. Our guest for today is going to be Ayana Parent. Ayana opened her own business in August of 2017, providing therapeutic wellness life coaching to adults and children. She is the owner and founder of Be Free Coaching and Wellness Program, designed to change people's lives through movement, mindfulness, and fun. Ayana is trained as a clinical social worker and certified school adjustment counselor as well. She's also a certified fitness instructor and she's going to be talking today about how to use mindfulness to get over depression and how to deal with tragedy and how to use mindfulness as a tool to help you heal yourself, to recover and to bring about change in your life. So that's going to be an exciting podcast and I'm I'm oh man I'm I'm extra excited to talk to her because who doesn't have some type of depression in their life who hasn't had some type of tragedy uh come about in their their life some type of loss and it's important that we start to learn how to use the tools that were given to us in order to heal ourselves it's so important and I'm glad Ayana's going to be here for that so before we get into the interview I want to thank everybody who has tuned in and supports the Daylight Fit Podcast. I want to remind all of you out there, all of you listeners, new listeners, uh, continuing listeners that are an integral part of the Daylight Fit Podcast. Without you, we do not exist. Your conversations, your communications with us allows us to be a conduit, a resource for you to talk to the individuals and to hear the specialists and professionals who deal with so many of the problems that humanity has going on today. 
and we want to thank you so much for that but we're not going to hold up this information i want us to get right into the podcast right into the interview with ayana and we're going to start right now you're now tuned into the day La fit podcast Salutations and proclamations. Welcome back to the 360 Degrees of Holistic Fitness and Health. That is the Daylight Fit Podcast. You know, during the start of 2019, I was starting to see signs that we were going to be dealing with progression and mindfulness. And when you listen to the cosmos, when you take deep that higher self that is within you, that positive energy, that divine Wi-Fi that we are connected to, what takes place is that, you know, you get to see signs of where you should be going. And the sign was clearly written across the wall, mindfulness. So our guest on the Daily Fit Podcast, Miss Ayana Parent, she is a licensed independent clinical social worker, certified school adjustment counselor, certified fitness instructor, and more, see, they're talking, y'all, they're talking, so you know I'm hyped this morning, multiple group fitness areas, all right, and one of my favorite things, she's fellow East Coaster, and but those of you that listen, we get people from all over the country, all over the world, really. <clears throat> but I'm always, always extra excited when I have somebody who's a fellow East Coaster. Although she is from Boston and I'm from Philadelphia. It's a pleasure. To, <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure to introduce Ayanna Parent. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Uh, thank you. On, thank you. Uh, no, we don't. No, no I don't. know. I don't know. Okay, fine. fine. We'll just have to agree to disagree already. Right. Although, last year was excellent, and we all know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So, Ayana, first things first, I read your bio, and I, I was like, wow, it's like there's a lot of things here that she can talk about, and we're always trying to find a topic that our listeners are really basically telling us to talk about. That's how we work here. It's not so much we just come up with the topic. We really listen to what it is that they want us to talk about. And one of the things that individuals were saying was like, look, talk about depression. Talk about depression. Talk Mm. about what is mindfulness. And we've had some individuals come on and discuss mindful eating and mindfulness while training. We still get the same question. A lot of people are like, what is it? Why is it so important to me? You yourself have a rather interesting story. I would like you to kind of, you know, take us through your fitness journey. Then we can get into the conversation about why mindfulness is so important, how it helps us with basically everything that we have to do throughout our lives. Yeah, I can kind of um, leave the whole depression thing right in there because as a lot of us have, certainly dealt with a lot of depression in my time and that's actually how I found the mindfulness. So I was a licensed independent clinical social worker for years and years and I was kind of getting really burnt out. Then I so found like the fitness world. So I started with Zumba, which I loved to dance. So I was like doing Zumba and fitness classes like five times a week. But really, it was like dancing that kind of like brought me joy. And I was like, wow, that's that's great. And that actually really helped with depression. My mom died like ten years ago, and I wasn't nothing was helping. Like work wasn't helping, meds weren't helping, <laughs> talk therapy wasn't helping. But um, moving my body and dancing was helping. That was like the only thing I would leave and actually feel better. 
So time went on. And so I just started to incorporate that more into my life. But then some other stressful things happened. And then dancing wasn't helping anymore and nothing was helping. Um, and I was turning to alcohol. And so it just got deep into a really scary alcohol addiction and needed to get some help with that. So I went to treatment. And again, it was there that I found that the mindfulness was the one thing that was helping me with that. So I um, left there and started going to yoga teacher training and then figured out how to incorporate that into my life and then into other people's lives. So through meditating one day, I came up with my own program, which was Be Free Coaching and Wellness and designed my own coaching model, which helped walk people through how to deal with emotional issues of anxiety, addiction, trauma, PTSD, all the stuff that's really hard to move through. Um, with movement and mindfulness as opposed to talk therapy. And that's the short version. <laughs> guys, so Ayana, so um, you were saying about, you know, the fact of the loss of your parents and how you started dancing, which I thought was really interesting because uh, some of our listeners have been discussing dealing with loss. Um, yeah. And then how, you know, uh, moving through, I would say, that sphere of thought, you know, some other things took mm-hmm. place, and then the dancing wasn't helping, but the mindfulness did. So let's let's kind of connect with that, because I feel like individuals out there, they kind of feel like everything is kind of spingalious. I know, I know, my 1940s That's language. A, wow. Yeah, yeah. That was good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, see, only, only my East Coast people get I'm that. <laughs> You know, oh, cool. all right. You know, but they, but they they kind of feel like it's all a lot of mysticism, things like that, and they don't really understand. Right. So take us through what yeah. what you know mindfulness would be, or what it is to you, and how it can really connect us back to ourselves. Yeah. So the amazing thing about mindfulness is that people get so crazy and like it's this crazy weird thing. Same thing with like meditation. Right. Everyone's like, I can't meditate. It's this whole thing where you gotta sit down and like own and carve out like ten million hours and it's like this crazy elaborate thing. No. It's really this very, very simple practice. Um, that literally has to do with breath and bringing the mind and body to the present moment. That is like the most basic way I can break it down. Um, same thing with meditation. I have people sort of meditate in, you know, progressive form in the coaching program. Mm-hmm. But it starts with just teaching them how to do five minutes, like literally like sitting down, paying attention to your breath, bringing your mind into the moment and just seeing, you know, letting the mind be still and opening up. Because the mind is like a crazy place to be. Yes. <laughs> I feel like it's like... <laughs> Oh my God, you could like come up with like, you know, making yourself the worst person on earth in like a matter of seconds just from like, I don't know, making a wrong turn on the street. <laughs> and then yeah. you're like, oh my God, why'd I do that? And then you're like, wait, I shouldn't have done that. And then you're like, oh my God, my life is over. Yeah, the, the mind is a yeah. crazy, crazy labyrinth. Like it's like Narnia mixed with any yes. other <laughs> any other yes. person. <laughs> yes. And if you have trauma, you're a person with like difficult history or background, just the general thoughts combined with that get really hard to manage. That's um, true. So that's what I was finding, that um, doing yoga and just moving my body while I was in the moment and then allowing my mind to let go of any of the negative thoughts while I was moving was super powerful because I wasn't worried about anything that was happening before or after. I was just present on the mat in that moment. 
which is super powerful just in terms of being able to release stress um, and have it release your body. Now, how does that help in the long-term healing? Because I, I, I'm first of all, I deeply connect with what you're saying, having yeah. my own experiences, and that it's almost like a temporary release of all tension when you're in that space yeah. at that moment. How does that help in the long term of, oh my of, of healing? Yeah, that's a great question. I always tell people that um, mindfulness and meditation is like magic. Right. That's <laughs> Bengali. Like <laughs> yeah. It's like this sneaky thing that gets up on you and you don't even know that you're healing or changing because it's so simple. It's so practical. If you were to just sit your body down and meditate for five minutes just allowing space and time that connects to the overall universe in you know allowing all the positive and gratitude and all the space and time so all that stuff talk about the brain and integration into mind and body and the tissues all that stuff over time starts to heal so that just doing that gentle practice over time so you'll start to see even so my coaching program is three months Within a month, people are seeing dramatic changes in terms of them being able to pause when they're stressed and being able to, you know, not react, but really just respond because the brain then has time to think, basically teaching it how to pause so that it can take stock of what's happening and not sort of get bombarded or overwhelmed in the moment. Because right. you already have control over what's happening in the moment once you are in the mindfulness space. So that's how it sort of integrates into the body over a period of time. That makes sense. <laughs> it's, you know, it's interesting you say that. Uh, my brother just came back from Thailand. And he was telling me that in the Thai, oh, nice. the Thai language, what they do is they don't really talk in past or our future. Everything is present. Like, what Everything are you doing is now? Present, right. Yeah, you know, so and I, I thought that was really interesting when he said that because uh, I think, uh, for what I understand, Thai, the Thai language is really uh uh, basically steeped in Buddhism and everything is in that, yeah. that present. So it's interesting that you're yeah. saying that, you know, I can really connect with that. Now you said something about talk therapy. I want to know how is your coaching <laughs> style? How is, how is that different from uh, talk therapy? And also tell us about this. Cause you, that, that last says, Oh, you, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you opened up a door here, son. It was like I can hear that. See, that's what I say. I love my West Coast people. I love everybody from everybody else. But my East Coast people, you know, we have these oh conversations. God. They're like, yeah, you, 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 you know what it is, son. You know what it is right now. So, <laughs> so let's talk about that. So, um, I was discovering that, like, literally, talk therapy. Um, sitting across from somebody for like an hour, like spewing out your problem, wasn't mm-hmm. effective anymore. It was always like counterproductive. So, and for some people that were um, experiencing trauma, particularly like domestic violence or, you know, women that were dealing with that, or um, I look at a lot of veterans, um, like having to rehash all that, like the clinical model of social work and therapy is like, you have to go back all the way and like rework all that and then like re-try, you know, re-experience it all, figure out why, and then you're like healed and fixed. But like, that doesn't work. Because all you're doing is just saying it over and over again. And you're not actually releasing any of the stuff from your body. You're just talking about it. Okay. And because the body, once once you start talking about something, the body's going to react, like, immediately to that moment. So if you're, you know, someone who's a veteran and you're talking about the war, your body's reacting, right? So you're re-traumatizing it already. So then you have to almost do more work to get it out of the body. 
So I started laughing because I'm like so over that model. I'm a pretty radical in terms of like, I don't, I am fine saying like, I don't think that works. Okay. Um, other people are still doing it. I don't like down anyone that's in therapy. I think it's useful. However, I don't think that you can heal the full body like as a whole without doing the mindfulness and the meditation. So the coaching practices, it's not, there's, you know, a certain, there's one session that's just talking just so I can get a sense of the person. And then it's really dealing with present stuff. So then I'll ask, like, how is all this background and history showing up in the present moment? Like, what what's difficult? What's getting triggered? What's stuck? What are you struggling with? And then we'll come up with an actual practice of using mindfulness tools to address those issues in the session and then outside the session. So people have homework. They have they have to meditate on a regular basis. They have to do yoga. They have to take my classes at a wellness studio as well. So they can take the classes while they're in the coaching program. So they get pretty heavy homework. So it's, it's all action-based. Nothing is just sitting and talking. So what type of what type of homework do they get? Because I've got my own trauma based on schools mm-hmm. and things like that. So, you know, yeah. like just hearing the word homework, you know, it's just like, what? You're like, ah! You know, like, what? No, why? <laughs> I'm like, there's a three. I'm sorry. Huh? What? I wasn't asleep. I wasn't asleep. No, I'm just... <laughs> no, all, all serious. All seriousness. No, what what type of homework would you give an individual who is like... Uh, it depends on the person. A lot of the time, um, I'll have them read a passage from a book that I found really powerful and then have them write a reaction to it. Or I'll have them... Like, the homework can sometimes be just take this class. Okay. And then I want you to focus on, you know, releasing an issue that... Say it was something from... I don't know their childhood that they can't get out. Like someone who was super terrified as, you know, when they were a child, they took care of all their siblings and they were in foster care and now as an adult they can't find joy. So their their homework is to like go find things that just bring you joy. So you know, take my Zumba class and act like you're a five year old. And mm. like just be in be in that experience and then write it down. So then they can connect to what you have to almost retrain the brain, retrain that moment and then integrate it back into the brain. So then they have to then write it down, which then allows the brain to recall it. So that now they know what it's like to have joy when they're a kid. So they can start to look for ways to integrate that even more into their life. And so, yeah, that would be an example. It's not like write five pages, but I... <laughs> so, so just to, to reify what it is you're saying, because it's interesting what you were talking about the talk therapy. It's, it's almost like you said, it's like walking through history. What we know of history is like you can't, you can't change it. It's already taking place, you know, so you're walking through it. But I find it interesting what you're doing, like what you're saying with the homework. It's like, it's almost like relearning how to have, or I should say, I want to say have fun. But relearning how to yeah. be positive. Yeah, or even have fun. Like, that's fine. Like, the whole mission is, um, like, my mission is changing lives and moving mindfulness and fun. Like, there's no reason life can't be fun, right? Some people really are stuck. If you want to talk about depression, people can't find ways to have fun. Right. So they need to know that it's there, but they don't know how to do that when they're in depression. Depression really takes over the brain and convinces the brain that it's sick, that it's tired, that it can't move, that it just wants to sleep, right? So you have to actually tell it to go do something else. What advice would you give to a person that has suffered a loss? I mean, just somebody like who was in your similar position with your parents. Um, Mm -hmm. What type of homework would you give them? Hey everyone, we hope that you're enjoying the interview thus far. 
would just like to take some quick time out to remind everybody to like, follow, share, and subscribe. With every like, follow, share, and subscription, it helps the Daylight Fit Podcast to grow. And the more we grow, the more information we can bring to you, the listener. So please take some time out, like, follow, share, and subscribe. Thank you. Yeah, that's a great question. So it's all very connected. So even though I don't go into the history and stuff, all loss is connected to a longer story. So my mom passed away. She was, you know, an addict. So there's all kinds of complications with that. So I had to sort of make peace with that with her and then with myself. Um, so it starts really with identifying like what what meaning have we placed on what the loss is? Like, why is it so hard? Why are we so stuck? And then identifying ways to actually help the person move through it. Because sometimes people are just sad and they don't know why. Right. Um, and sometimes the why isn't important, but if they know it's related to the grief, it's like, let's figure out what's making this so heavy. Because sometimes it's not missing the person, sort of missing the idea of, you know, not having them at their wedding or, you know, they're not going to have grandchildren. So it's working with that loss and then recreating ways to allow that to be present in the current time. So making rituals, making, you know, spiritual practices that allows that person to still be a part of certain things that are so important. So again, creating actions to, you know, engage in healing as opposed to just engage with loss and depression. How do you continue to keep it in the moment and take care of yourself? I mean, I feel that's something many of us, and, and again, the mindfulness practice, practice sorry guys, told you I'm it's learning, that, that relearning to talk. Um, <laughs> you know, I feel like that mindfulness practice is doing that, but for a person that's just like barraged with everything, you know, emotions, feelings, and not only yeah. that, but the countless uh, amounts of stimuli coming from everywhere at every moment everywhere you know, oh god you know nowadays, everywhere like social media how do we how do we stay in that moment how, how so what, what would be the first key the first thing that's like all right snap back in place where are we yeah breath breath yeah breath is super super powerful it's another like magic trick that people don't know about so that's one of the first things that teach people is how to breathe <laughs> Because okay. if you think about, um, like, all those people that smoke, like, cigarettes, a thousand packs of cigarettes a day, like, what are they really doing, right? They're teaching themselves how to inhale and exhale to deal with the stress. I mean, it's one of the nicotine that's an addiction, but um, it has to do a lot with allowing the body. So the body really, in general, operates, like, on a fight-flight, you know, manner. The brain is, you know, trained to either survive or run away. Right. How we teach the body to be safe is through breath. So by taking, that's why the mindfulness and the yoga practice is so important because it teaches how to breathe. So even if you're taking like a deep breath, it actually it signals to the body that it's safe and that everything is okay in that moment. So that is like the first, that is the most basic. So taking so I try to teach people a simple trick. Like if you're at a red light, like take three deep little breaths and just see what happens. Body physically starts to change. <laughs> it's pretty cool. 
I, I think it's interesting that you said about about the whole cigarette thing right there. Now, first of all, I'm a big conspiracy theorist anyway. Yeah. I, I totally think that Google is going to just take over and rule the world. Hashtag, please, Google, don't come and take over my world. Um, <laughs> but I think it's interesting how you just talked about smoking. It's funny now. I never even thought about it. You're inhaling and you're exhaling. And yeah. Yeah, and that, really, that negative, yeah. yeah that's, that's crazy. Body trying to because we lost it's dealing with stress. So people are convinced that you know smoking you need it when they're so stressed out. Wow. You know, that, of course it's like an addiction. You know, so then, but your brain is convinced that that's what's going to release all that stress. Right. Which really is the body's like I can't figure out another way to like take an inhale and an exhale so that I know that I'm okay at this moment. That is like. Yeah, I mean, when people have panic attacks, they're always like, breathe, which is super hard for you. Right, right. But, but, it's just, but that's why they say that, is because it signals the body to slow down in the moment so that it can be grounded to stop trying to fight or flight. Like, the panic attack is like, the body needs to get somewhere else, and it can't, and the mind needs to. Deep stuff right there, especially especially like what you, what you just said. I mean, because it, it makes you think on how every level, even our basic knowledge of how to realign ourselves can be tampered with yeah. um, you know and it's, it's 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 first of all we're glad to have individuals like you who are just like wait a minute you know we can do this mm-hmm. without the the extra uh, accoutrements so to say um so <laughs> you know what don't make fun of me <laughs> i am cold <laughs> philadelphians are cultured ayana we see see this is what i knew this when i would have a boston person on there I knew this was going to happen. This is what happened, y'all. She's like, look at you with the big words. Oh, you Philadelphian. Too bad your Sixers aren't much better. I'm like, you know what? This is supposed to be peaceful. This, you know what? Excuse me. I'm going to I'm gonna enact some mindfulness right now. Yeah, I think you should take a couple of people. Do you feel better? Okay, I'm better. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so, just tell us a little bit more about Be Free. How long have you all been around, and where can people learn more about it? Just get closer to these teachings that you're you're expressing to the world. Yeah. So I started the program just about two years ago, and I started in like one office and just started the coaching program, sort of out of nowhere, out of nothing. Um, okay. And then the coaching program started to grow, um, and so then I needed a studio to incorporate all the classes, because I was sort of like teaching all over the place. Um, so I was sharing a space with uh, another person, and that was going really well. But then I wanted to expand and have more classes to be able to offer to everybody, and the coaching program was expanding. So I just opened my own studio on the Harvard Court on Cape Cod three weeks ago. So nice. it's very exciting. Congratulations. Yeah, I'll, I'll just, thank you. Oh, it's very exciting. So all that just kind of came together and now um, so I offer about eight classes we have about eight coaching clients currently it's a wait list so that's kind of cool um, hopefully it'll be hiring another coach but I have to train someone else in the model that's the tricky thing is I design my own model my own model so I have to, it's in the process of being sort of written and you know copyrighted and all that so until that happens I'd love to hire some more people so yeah so I'm on Cape Cod Be Free Well is the BeFreeWell.com is the um, website and it has all the classes and the coaching and all that stuff that's on it um, it's in Harvardsport um, in Cape Cod why Be Free? Yeah. oh yes yeah, so I didn't tell you that <laughs> so um, 
the free stands for find, recover, evolve, and enjoy. Mm. So that's the acronym. Yeah, I always forget to tell people that. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, so I was when I first started the business, I couldn't figure out. I had like written a model before I even like had the name of it. So our, my friends and I like met for lunch and we're like, what are we gonna call this? Like, what are we? You know, I can't figure out. And then someone asked me, how do you want people to feel when they leave your studio, your office? Like, I just want them to feel free. Right. And boom, I was like, oh, there we go. So then I was like, looked at the model a little bit more and broke it down in terms of like, so first, the first step is like, you have to actually find yourself. Um, like, you have to identify who it is you want to be. Um, and then recovery, it's not necessarily about recovery of, um, like recovery, you know, from life. Anything. It can be, yeah, it could be recovery from life, from anything. Right. So um, identifying that, um, and then evolve is sort of introducing all those mindfulness pieces, and then integrating who you are, who you want to be, and letting go of like who you don't want to be, and then enjoying the rest of your life. I like that. I like that a lot. You're also writing a book, am I correct? Entitled "Be Free." I am writing a book. See, we do our research. We do our research here. We really do. I know. That's like in a fine print somewhere. And in uh, ninth grade, you were it's like, no. <laughs> I was like, I'm free, but I do in ninth grade. She's like, what? <laughs> You might mean, yeah, anyway. <laughs> it's juicy. No, I'm kidding. So, yeah, so the book, um, I just got an editor. And the proposal's done. I'm just working um, with someone to help flush out the pieces of it to kind of bring it all together. So it's a memoir, so sort of about my life um, and then my mom's life and her passing away and then um, the adoption of my daughter through the Department of Children and Family. Okay. Yeah, so it's kind of like a woman's story, sort of three generations told, um, interwoven. Well, we can't wait to see it be unleashed into the world, and hopefully you'll yeah, come back. Yeah, I'm hoping for January sometime. I'm hoping. When it, the book is out, please feel free to come back to us and talk to our listeners about it. And, oh, I'd you know, love to. You know, and, and yeah. talk more. Talk more about what it is you're doing. Yeah. I'd just like to thank you for coming uh, and spending your time and energy. One thing that we totally believe here is that time and energy are precious resources along with children those are the three most important resources in the world and any time that's not properly used well it's just waste because you can't get that back so we thank you so much for coming to us and you know uh it was it was a little difficult though we we're not gonna front because the last i think we tried this for i think almost a week Mm -hmm. straight like wait can i what about this day? No, no. Yeah, I know. What about this? <laughs> it's like crazy with the coaching stuff. It's a little bit keeping. So it's like I have to block out yet. I understand. I understand as a as a personal trainer yeah, myself. Yeah, but we made it happen. So thank you. No problem. That's how we do it here. <laughs> Ayanna, can you just for our listeners just give us an email or something that uh, people can contact yeah. you to ask questions? Because I know individuals may find your methods to be what it is that they yeah. need to help them. So get, give a they drop that email. At, um, yeah, Ayana at Be Free Wealth with single B F R E E W E L L dot And then I'm all over Facebook. So the Facebook page is Be Free Coaching and Wellness. Um, and my personal page is Ayana Parent. People reach out to me on my personal page all the time. It's totally fine. Um, and then again, the website is Be Free And you have an Instagram too, am I correct? I have an Instagram, yeah. I'm just not savvy as young people on that Instagram thing. 
I'm old. Oh my god. Hey, hey, hey. I'm an '80s baby, and I can I can maneuver that Instagram. If I can, you can too. Okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you prove my there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On Instagram. I'm on Twitter too. She's uh, see, oh, I don't, you know what I didn't mention? Um, I mm-hmm. have like a podcast that people might like too. It's called the Fit Fat Chat. Okay. All right. Definitely. Yeah. So, so, so we talk about uh, body positive stuff, and that is um, you can find that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Anchor, all those. So wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Wait. You see, I was about to let you go, and then you said something about the podcast and and body, you know, because that's something else we've been wanting to get into as well. So tell us a little bit about that. So what are some of the things you talk about as far as body positive? Because I feel working with teens, I constantly see that you know I've got to lose weight, so I'm not going to eat. Oh, awful! It's gross, and then they're bombarded by all this social media crap that is just not true. It's all fake. Very true. Get off all that stuff. Yeah. So I was just finding, like, teaching yoga that, um, it, yeah, it wasn't sort of catering to the right people. Like, it was very white, thin women, um, you know, and fancy stuff. But that was what was portrayed as, like, who would do yoga. So I mm-hmm. sort of launched on this um, whole thing about changing that image. Um, and a friend of mine is also a Zumba instructor. Um, and we were talking about it. She finds out in Zumba, too, that people don't feel like they can do it who are larger bodies. Okay. And I was like, yeah, it's just like crazy. Like, larger bodied people are freaking strong, man. It's like, <laughs> I love yeah. it. Very true. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just a perception that they can't. So um, we got together and started talking about how to change that mindset and to, you know, allow people to know that they can actually move their body at any size, any age, any, any anything. Um, and that it's actually the best way to bring joy into your life. So we started with it, that chat. I just saw something recently. I can't think of the gentleman's name, but he's a, I think he's a motivational speaker and he owns businesses. But he was saying that if we're going to change how we look at ourselves, we have to change what we spend our time ingesting mentally. And one of the things he was talking about is with uh, social media. He was like, take a look at everything it is that you like and transfer that to dollars and cents because people are perpetuating certain things because for them it's a business you know they're perpetuating this look or they're perpetuating this specific and every click or like that rings out as that's a dollar when you when you take it and look at it like that you can using mindfulness kind of pull yourself back and see that what is it that you're really investing in into the world because everything we do is an investment and I applaud you for what it is that you're doing and you know definitely shout out again what the podcast is for our listeners out there so they can tune in yeah so Fit Fat Chat so it's uh, F-I-T-C-H-A-T Chat (laughs) oh yeah Fit Fat Chat I went there I did a fast you know know what really really (laughs) you did the same she's like oh yeah oh yeah I remember the 90s (laughs) she's like oh yeah She's like, yeah, Snoop Dogg. That's right. (laughs) Just don't say shizzle dizzle, all right? (laughs) No, yeah, T-H-A-T, yeah. Yeah, it's easy to find. Awesome. Everybody, Ayana Parent, thank you for coming to the podcast. We thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
I want to thank Ayana for coming on to the podcast and sharing her information, her story, and to give us some insight on how mindfulness can be used to help with depression and tragedy, tragic loss, you know, relationships, things of that nature, because it's so important. It's very important. Who hasn't suffered from depression? Who hasn't suffered from a loss? You know, that's part of life. But the thing of it is, is that we have been given tools. We have been given tools. And that's one thing I'm so thankful of. If you look at any of the classical religious doctrines, before anybody says anything, I know many people be like, oh, I'm not into religion and I'm not into that. Listen, 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 listen. I'm not saying you should be into anything. I'm saying if you read the classic principles of each religion, don't get into the quote unquote political rhetoric that individuals have placed within or are using to manipulate under the guise of religion. Again, hear what I say, not listening to the political rhetoric or manipulation that people use under the guise of religion. All right. If you actually take the principles of all the religions which break down to simply love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice in one way, form, or fashion. And then you study the actual principles. There are tools that go with these principles. These are tools that have been going on since we've been walking around in these bodies made of flesh. If you look at Buddhism, Buddhism taught about mindfulness. He taught about meditation. Muhammad taught about meditation. All of the religious doctrines in their virgin purest form, distilled of all the political rhetoric, have taught the same thing. So it makes you think, where is this coming from? That's a whole other, a whole other tandem. And I'm not going to get into that. But again, I just want to thank Ayana for coming on to the podcast and talking about her story and giving us that information i'd also like to have a quick little conversation with you all out there before i sign off and i started it last week talking about love but i want to talk a little bit more about that i want to continue it just before we sign off because i was thinking about some details just like I was thinking about mindfulness and how mindfulness and progression has been at the forefront of my thinking since the beginning of the year, actually since 2018, the beginning of 2018 into 2019, since doing this podcast, I have now had a journey which has taken me on to love, you know, and this is all stemming from a conversation I had from my big brother. And we were talking about love and the things that people do, quote unquote, in the name of love. Now, it's funny. I've heard recently people say people will do anything in the name of love or people will do anything dealing with love. But as I said last week, is it really love that we do things in the name of? We, or I should say we do them in the name of love. But is it really love that we're feeling? Think about it. Think about situations that we will allow ourselves to be in, in the name of love, totally forgetting what love is. People will be in abusive relationships because of love. 
they say. They say, I love this person. All right, but do you love yourself? People will hurt people in the name of love. Now, I'm not saying that love won't defend or protect. I'm also not saying that love won't kick your ass. <laughs> because you can genuinely kick somebody's ass because you love them. See, it's all in how we think about things. Like, I'll give you an example. Some people will try to keep a person in a relationship because they say, I love them and I want them to be with me. But is that love or is that selfishness? See, selfishness is truly just that. You want something just for you. Love is love. Love is it really has no boundaries. And I used to, when I was younger, I didn't understand that. People would be like, you know, I can love somebody to the point that if they don't want to be with me, I can still let them go. And it wasn't until I had a beautiful woman who I love so much, even to this day, even though we're not together, that I realized that. Because I had to leave the situation or I should say, I had to agree for the situation of her leaving so that she could really be and feel how she wanted to feel. That is a tough, tough thing. But I still loved her. Still love that person to this day, even though now not necessarily is the best thing. I wouldn't I don't think I could be in a relationship with her now because another thing that has changed is not my love for her it's the type of love that you know it's changed a little but what really has changed is my love for myself and that's the thing but what it is is that it's so all-encompassing if you love somebody if you want to properly love them you have to know how to properly love yourself that's just it which means that you have to be able to forgive yourself. You have to be able to know when it's time for you to heal. You have to know when it's time for you to do certain things for yourself. Are you taking care of yourself? Are you being the best person you can be? Are you, are you not so down on yourself? How are you going to love somebody else if you can't love yourself? And I find that many people, many of us out here, many of us that's a difficult thing because we don't know how to love ourselves but we are lost and trapped in our emotions and we want to love other people love doesn't hate it builds love does not destroy it builds love does not degrade it builds it builds now you could feel bad because you love somebody and the person you love gets hurt. But that's not love that's making you feel bad. It's the fact that you love that person and you don't want to see them hurt. It's the emotion of seeing them in pain. It's a, it's a derivative of love, but it's not really connected to love. So what I'm trying to say is the fact of we blame love for so many different things. Sorry if you hear the background. There's a fire uh, um, truck that's going past the studio. But we blame love for so many things. We place blame within love. We 
falsely accuse love of all these other situations. But the truth of it is, is that love is love. Love is love. No matter who it is, what it is, love is love. And we all want love. Maybe not all. I'll say that. Maybe not all of us. I'll say the majority of us. Because I do believe in the duality of human beings. And I do believe in the positive and negative forces. If there was no love, there would be no hate. And sometimes it just is. Do I believe that there are entities floating around that only function on hate? Yeah. Yeah, I do. For whatever the reason. Do I believe there are a majority of us function or want to function on love? Most definitely. So I just wanted to have that conversation with all of you out there, which is the fact of love. We put so many blames on love and we say negatives, speak ill of love and blame love and put, uh, what is that? Uh, we speak ill in its name, but love really is just love. Now, love has a bunch of friends that hang around it. Selfishness, lust, ego, vanity. <laughs> they hang around love. They hang around love. They're close to love. And I said this last week. I want to re-reference this because the thing of it is, is that just like growing up in a neighborhood, any of you out there who are listening, if you grew up in a neighborhood and you had a friend, you know, or friends, we all have had those friends that's like, oh, man, they're not really that cool. You know, you got to learn, you know, like, ah, man, Raheem, look, man, look, no, every time we go out, we get in a fight with somebody or some group of people or you know, Rebecca, no, man, every time we go, you take us and get us in some type of trouble. Love has those type of friends. They hang around love because guess what? They all love love too. It's the truth. Who of you out there hasn't had a friend that you're like, yo, that's my homie and I know they love me like cook food, but they're not necessarily the best <laughs> people for me to be around. We've all had friends like that. Or I should say majority of us have had friends like that. Well, love does too. Vanity, lust, pride, ego. They all love love for different reasons. Whether it's because of the feeling that they get from love. Or whether it's because of the energy. And they hang around. And love is like, yo, 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 chill, 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 chill. Nah, it ain't cool, it ain't cool. And love gets in trouble. Or I should say love gets blamed for the things that... Vanity, pride, ego, and all those other emotions uh, do in love's name. It's just like, lust will stand there and talk to somebody and be like, yo, yo, you know, love, you know, love is my best friend. You know, you, he wants you and I to be together. He said, he said, if you want to, you want to hang with him, you need to, you need to be with me. You need, you need to do this with me. We need to, you know what I mean? We need to get together. My father always tells me something. He says, always bump it up. Well, we got to bump it up. We have to bump it up. We have to take these teachings, these mindful teachings that are out there and bump it up to the reality. And then we have to look at the superficialities of humanity that we have developed. We've learned to be more superficial. The truth of it is that humanity is actually quite divine. But anyway, we're going to end that conversation here. Hopefully we'll pick it up next week. 
uh, no, we're going to pick it up next week because I think it's something that needs to be talked about. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening in. Um, again, if you all, any one of any of you all out there want to contact us for conversation, for uh, topics that you would like us to speak about, if you'd like us to bring on a specific individual to interview, please contact us at daylightfit13 at gmail.com. You can contact us at our website, which is www.daylightfitpodcast.com. We're on Facebook at Daylightfit Podcast. We're on Instagram at DE underscore LA underscore Fit Podcast. You can find us. We're on the web. We're all over the webs. <laughs> uh, if you want to listen to us on any platform, we are on all of the major platforms. And guess what? A special announcement for everybody out there. We are now about to be on Instagram TV. That's right. You can now listen to us on Instagram TV uh, at the Daylight Fit Podcast. Uh, the the Daylight Insta mm, the Daylight Fit Podcast Instagram. We're going to be putting a good portion of our shows on there to see how individuals respond, to see if it sparks conversation, uh, and, and just see how you all like it out there. So that's going to be something else that we're going to be doing for all of you out there. So as we always say about this time, thank you for tuning in. Remember to love yourself. If you love yourself appropriately and in the right way, you will definitely love others appropriately and in the right way specifically and most definitely if the love you are showing yourself is genuine you will definitely love others genuinely as well remember we are the village and it takes many to raise a child we are all the child of somebody that's why the village is so important each one teach one my brothers and sisters peace to you all Remember to love yourselves and each other. Thank you. You've been listening to the Delafit podcast. Ta-ta for now.